0: I wouldn't go so far as to call the brother fat. I mean, he got a weight problem. What's he going to do? He's some more. Hey, everybody. Welcome to another episode of the Weight Podcast, a podcast two people who are trying to lose weight. What's going on, Kevin?
1: Hello, Tina. How are you?
0: I'm good. I'm feeling um I'm feeling like we're back into the swing of uh back into the swing of things.
1: I feel like we're very much back in the swing of things now that at least I don't know where everyone else is, but at least around here fall has definitely arrived. Yep. Um so much so that I, I finally had to break down and put on actual long pants today. Oh, your poor legs. I know, they're too. I couldn't just have them hanging out there anymore.
0: <laughs> Disgusting people. <laughs> <laughs> it's, I,
1: I just couldn't It's improper. No, I, uh, it was chilly. It's got, it got chilly out. So I had to, I finally had to, I finally had to reach into the back of our closet and and find an actual pair of pants to wear.
0: I don't even think it reached 60 degrees today. No,
1: I I don't think so. And I feel like it's steadily, well, I was still being dumb and I took Bob out this morning and I wore flip flops and, you know, in shorts as I do.
0: Just trying to be hopeful, hanging on, hanging on to the last, uh, last
1: vestiges of mm -hmm. the, of the summer. Um, and I had uh, I was wearing a sweatshirt, um, and I felt like the actually the temperature's been going down throughout the day.
0: Um, yeah, it felt a little colder uh, coming home, which made me feel like I mean, I don't know about you, mm. but when it gets cold like this, all I want to do is eat.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, something warm. Stews. Yeah. Soups. But we're gonna have a uh, I think Indian we're, food. Yes. Oh my goodness, I wish. Uh, but we're gonna try to. Have, we're gonna. You have a. Uh, you have a soup that you 're
0: going to make later I am it 's a cauliflower soup i 'm trying to uh, i'm trying to continue on what we were doing um, before summer break where you know we tried to eat as little meat as possible and trying to increase our plant based protein in eating meat maybe like on the weekends or just occasionally um, and so far it's it 's working out okay, um, but I did I found a recipe for um, for cauliflower soup, which I know probably sounds so boring. But uh, but it it looked really good, and and I can't wait to try it.
1: I'm I'm just ready for soup. Yeah, I love soup, especially in this in this weather. I guess I guess it goes without saying. Yeah, no, I'm ex- I'm excited. I like the fall. The fall is probably my favorite season.
0: I also like the fall for another reason that I think a lot of big people can probably a lot of people can relate to is uh is kind of covering yourself up a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> yeah,
1: yeah, just like just like I did today, dramatically.
0: Yeah, I, I mean I. You know, I hate to even admit this, but in the summertime, sometimes, you know, I, I, I do, I get a little, I get a little self-conscious wearing sleeveless shirts. And so I don't, I, I never wear, you'll never see me in a tank top showing off my, uh, my arms. And I wish I were one of those kind of women who are more confident about mm. showing off their arms, but I just, I can't do it. I can't bring myself to do it just yet um so you know I, I i do cover up a little bit m- more than i would like to yeah. in the summer i mean it's funny when i'm out in the ocean or when i'm swimming I'm, i have no self-consciousness at all but mm-hmm. for whatever reason wearing sleeveless shirts really bother me so i don't so yeah when fall comes around i'm I'm <laughs> super excited so that uh, i don't feel so weird about covering up my whole body
1: yeah you've been getting a. Uh... I all these packages keep coming with your new fall the new fall fashions are in. I gotta do the same thing actually. I feel like I need to bulk up on my, my fall and or and or winter stuff.
0: Yeah, uh, well, I mean uh, you know, we're all you and I are also extremely clumsy. Yeah. And I really get stained. <laughs> yeah. So it wasn't like I was buying fall because you know, I I wanted, you know, something new. Well, and a little from Column A, a little from Column B. True, but I didn't have any clothes. <laughs> yeah. Like I, I, you know, it seems like every season when we go through our closet and and uh, uh, start throwing things out, it's not because we don't like to wear it; it's because it's stained and it looks terrible. You know,
1: it it, it sort of forces us to uh, it sort of forces us to go through our closet, definitely. Yeah. I mean, it's yeah, it's a real it's a real problem for for the both of us. But you know, I'm glad that uh, I'm glad that all these things are happening. Yeah. I feel like we're back in the sw- swing of things. Of. Uh, uh, I feel good. I feel good about we're back in the swing of things as far as, uh, you know, as far as, well, I want as far as the podcast goes and then as far as what we're trying to do in the podcast. I feel good, like I was telling you, where, um, this semester at, uh, in school is going to be really, uh, work intensive, but I feel good. Because, this is a weird sort of thing, but we were talking about this this morning, and I feel good that I have actual, like, Finally, everything isn't so ne- so nebulous. I have actual like dates that things are due now, so I can just work towards that.
0: Like shaping up your week and yeah, yeah where
1: cool. my where my you know my weeks start coming together. So it's going to be busy. There's a lot going on, but I feel I feel uh, I feel good. Me too. I feel excited.
0: Me too, uh, and hopeful. Yeah, <laughs> and motivated. And motivated. Very motivated. Definitely. Definitely. Yeah, I went out and bought a new pair of sneakers. Oh, that's
1: true. Yeah.
0: Brooks, um, Brooks running, uh, actually makes a sneaker that's really great for, um, for people who are walkers. Um, they, they make this really great. Um, it's called the Dyad, D-Y-A-D. Um, I think they've, they're now in their ninth generation Dyad, uh, Brooks Dyad shoes. And I, I, I've been buying them since their fifth generation. So this is, yeah, I've, I've, I've basically been buying the same tennis shoe for years and years and years, um. And they're great. They're they're perfect for um, my wide feet because they come in wide. <laughs> um, they're also soft. So um, I, I feel like nowadays uh, running shoes tend to have less cushion. I don't know. I wish I, Sean Cameron were around and we can ask him about, about the evolution of the sneaker. But I I feel like um, tennis shoes aren't as bulky or as, as comfortable as they used to be or as softer in the sole. Yeah. As they, um, but these have a thicker padded sole and they're super super comfortable um and i thought that i would buy that to kind of maybe motivate me a little bit more to walk more and i'm happy to report that it it worked did it work it does it does i I do wear them around the office um uh even though i'm really not supposed to wear sneakers around the office but if i know it's going to be one of those kind of days where i'm just going to be running around all you know throughout the day I'll, i'll slip these on and and my feet couldn't be happier
1: Oddly enough, I know there's a there's a few runners out there that listen to us. So if they know anything about the evolution of the uh, running sneaker, uh, feel free to hit us up um, because we just I, I just we just need something that fits our big feet and you know doesn't hurt our knees. Right. But if that is interesting. I wonder if it is less cushioning. I feel my dad is a big runner still, and I feel like his latest shoe has. Like so much cushioning <laughs> that it's like high heels. Really, like, he has like he he has a lot, but he says he 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 really likes it. I'd have to I'd have to ask him what exactly what exactly it is. Huh?
0: That's I trust
1: that. his I trust his know how about these things. Yeah. But, um. Right. That is, that is interesting. So, yeah, if, if you happen to be a runner out there, get at us if you know anything about the actual, uh, how running shoes have changed over time.
0: Yeah.
1: yeah. I, I bet they've definitely gotten more scientific.
0: Well, I feel like with every new generation of this Dyad sneaker, they I, and I don't know if this is just, you know, my own body mechanics changing over the years or or um, if the shoe is changing, which I I think it's it's the shoe that's that's improving. But I feel like every year it's like the shoe gets more and more comfortable. Like when I slipped these on right away, it was like you know I could actually feel my hear my feet um, sighing. <sighs> <laughs> Are you? Do you think you're just more used to them? Maybe that could be. I also wear extremely uncomfortable shoes around the office, mm-hmm. only because. I, you know the kind of shoes that I need to be comfortable and cute um, around the office—they just do not exist. Yeah. So you know, so I wear uncomfortable flats, and they just—they just kill, you know, kill my feet, you kill should, my legs.
1: You should team up with someone and create those shoes and start a shoe company. Functional and uh, fabulous. Functional and fabulous. <laughs> For big feet.
0: For big feet. Yeah. Well, that's the thing. It's like it's not like I have long feet. I just have wide feet and the instep um do you know which part of the foot the instep is yeah it's it's like what the part of the the top of the foot that the tongue of your shoe rests Mm -hmm. on that part is very high like i have a very large instep so i can't wear shoes um that fit around that part of my feet like um like dance goes a lot of people recommend dance goes and dance goes don't work because um because the top of the clog uh, rubs up against the top of my foot, yeah. and and it bruises my foot. So, you know, so I just have, like, a hard time finding shoes. But, you know, you're right. I mean, it, it would be great if there was some company out there that specializes in shoes for, you know, even for fat women. Because I know fat women all have the same problem with their shoes.
1: Yeah, they don't want to all look like nurses in, like, their orthopedic exactly, shoes. Exactly,
0: like Nurse Ratchet coming yeah. down the hallway.
1: seriously. Or, um... That I'm saying you should uh, you should find someone and jump on this gravy train. You could fill the you could fill this niche, and then we could be uh, swimming in dough.
0: Yeah, <laughs> and we can finally achieve our dream or my dream of not working. Of not working.
1: <laughs> <laughs> that's, a, that's also my dream too. Yeah.
0: So uh, so anyway, so you came across a really interesting article.
1: Oh, real quick before I get to the article. Speaking of the run of the runners, I want to give a shout out to a couple of our. Uh, Couple of friends of the podcast, um, but uh, Pat o D. and, uh, well, I don't want to say everyone's name, but Jen and John. Uh, a couple of weeks ago, they ran this. They ran re- they ran this race called the Reach the Beach. Uh, it's like a. It's a. Um, I want to say tag team, but relay. It's a re- relay race with like 10 people to the team, and they run 200 miles.
0: Oh, my goodness.
1: Um, so I want to give a shout-out for them for being, for completing that, and a uh, shout-out to Pat O'Dea, who was the captain of the team, and it sounds like it was a great time, and I always want to encourage any and all physical activity like that, even though that's a, a little above our pay scale. Yeah,
0: yeah that's awesome.
1: Yeah, shout out to Pat O'D, and I hope he figures out the diner in New Hampshire that had the Oreo waffles.
0: (laughs) Uh, So tell us about this article.
1: Um, Which one do you want to go to first?
0: Uh, The one that you... this one. The one from CNN?
1: Yeah. Okay, so yeah, so we're... the big thing we're going to be talking about today is uh, weight loss myths, And this is sort of stuff we've been over before, but there's actually a new article that came out just... Yesterday or the day before, it doesn't matter. It's on CNN. Um, and it talks about an article in a, from 2013, actually, in the New England Journal of Medicine um, that talked about uh, common myths uh, that surround obesity uh, that come from popular media and scientific literature. And the authors of the piece define myths as ideas that are commonly held but go against uh, what scientific data actually says. Um, so they were... They're coming from the point of view of, could these myths be keeping us from treating obesity effectively? So they're coming from basically the the doctor's point of view. And they talk about as family physicians who treat overweight patients every day, they believe they do, that they do cause harm. Not only can these myths discourage people, they also provide misinformation that can prevent people from reaching their weight loss goals. Um, now, we have a, a couple sets of these myths, and one is, one is interesting. The CNN one is definitely four myths from a doctor's perspective uh, myths that they feel keep getting propagated to people um, the other one's interesting too because it's it's coming from a different perspective we'll get in that that in a second first myth is that small changes in your diet or exercise will lead to a large, Long term weight changes.
0: And I think you and I have, I think that's how we kind of started this whole process was by making small changes.
1: Yeah, this is, this is one, I think that was sort of my reason in saying that uh, this is from the physician's point of view. And it's not, that's not to say that that point of view is bad. And obviously they're coming from, you know, uh,
0: professionals, professional
1: scientific background. But it is a little, it was a little interesting because I felt the same way when I read this first one because I feel like those little things that we're doing have been have been adding up to a lot and for like, us both
0: right and and um and, and while I do feel like you know our experience you know our our experience isn't necessarily universal um I guess it's safe to say that you know when we got started you know we did start making these small changes that I think you know in um together, mm-hmm. made, made for some healthier habits. But I think the point of this first myth is that um, if we're going to experience any kind of weight loss in the long term, it's going to take bigger changes to our diet. And and actually, I think that th- that is actually true. Yeah. Because I think, for instance, like the changes that you and I would have to make in our diet, sure, we might choose better foods, but our portions still might be very big. Yeah. And, yeah, and, no, that and, is and true. And that's going to take a huge change.
1: Yeah. No, that is that is true. They say that small changes simply do not add up since physiologically your body tries to stay the same weight. This doesn't mean that making small healthy choices don't matter. Okay. Because even small things you do to stay healthy matter. It just means you're not likely to meet your weight loss goals by just taking one less bite. It's likely going to take bigger changes in your diet and exercise okay so that's that's fair mm-hmm. and I think we're and I think we're as a couple are, are bearing that out now uh, on to the next myth they say that setting real and the myth is as setting realistic goals when you are trying to lose weight is important because otherwise you will feel frustrated and lose less weight
0: which again you know I I that seemed true to you know to set goals like to set small goals you know as, as you know as we were going down this process like hey if we you know maybe lose a pound a week like that's like that's like an achievable goal so what did they say about why this is a myth
1: um they say that patients often come in with ambitious goals for weight loss and we as family physicians nearly always say go for it within safety and reason there is no evidence that shooting for the stars leads to frustration if anything aiming for a larger goal may lead to a better weight loss outcome yeah i mean i guess I, i guess i can see that I mean, it's it's interesting because it's sort of tricky in the language, but they're saying, yeah, go for for the big ones. But, I mean, I think it's just also important to know what you're getting into and also that it's not... I think the frustration happens to come in not so much that you're choosing a large goal. Because I feel like, in the end, you and I have a fairly large goal, but just knowing that it's not going to happen overnight...
0: That's true. Um, it's funny. I um, year, uh, maybe a year or two ago, I had talked to a therapist about my my frustrations with losing weight, and you know, she and I had sat down and actually hammered out some goals in the short term and in the long term. And you know, in the long term, I had an idea of how how many pounds I wanted to lose, and then in the short term, you know, what could what could I do week to week. So it's kind of funny that that this article says that. Uh, setting realistic goals when you're trying to lose weight is important and that's a myth because she was of the mind that if you do make small small goals and build on that week to week that that was actually the most effective so for instance so she said all right well let's talk about exercise and so you know we spent like a couple of of sessions you know talking about exercise and the goal so she finally asked me she says okay what Do you want to accomplish uh, or how many, sorry, how many sessions did you want to try to get in this week for exercise? And I was like, three, maybe four. And she's like, well, (laughs) what if you were to try one or maybe two Mm -hmm. so that if you at least get one, you've reached your goal. Or, if you've got two, then you've surpassed your goal, right, and then you keep that up week in and week out until you feel pretty comfortable that this is now going to become a part of your routine, like there you know and then you can build on that and push yourself to go for maybe two, maybe three, and I thought that was all very interesting and and yet I didn't stick with it. <laughs> <laughs>
1: Because I was, was going to say, it almost goes back to when, uh, real early on, when we had Sean Cameron on the podcast, when he talked about doing something, like, every day, even if it was for, like, when he was talking about running, but doing something every day, even if it was for, like, five or ten minutes, and you build on that and keep going. But what, I mean, in that instance, I mean, can you pinpoint what, what hampered?
0: Um, no. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you know, and, and we had talked about that, and I honestly... Had uh, couldn't come up with a reason why I couldn't maintain even just, you know, or or even just getting physical acti- or exercise of any sort once or twice a week.
1: Yeah. It's interesting, too, because it sounded like she was setting you up, and maybe this is why it didn't work out, but it sounded like a neat psychological trick. It's like, oh, do this much and you feel like you accomplished something instead of setting a goal that you don't reach mm-hmm. and feeling frustrated by it. Right.
0: It'll be. I am going to go back and try try some of her techniques, which is to... And actually the Fitbit is coming in handy with this. Where, yeah, it actually you know, is. Where it's like, all right, so if I set my goal to at least 5,000 steps a day, that feels pretty okay yeah. to me. 5,000 steps in at least five times a week and then maybe once a week you know maybe go to 7,500 or or 10,000 yeah that feels that feels like something I can do
1: yeah totally because then you can hit 5,000 and feel that sense of accomplishment but if you go over it's just it's it's icing on the cake, right, so to speak,
0: and it's actually working like I do. I push myself every day to make sure I get past five thousand, and lately it's becoming pretty easy to get to seventy five hundred so now I'm of the mind where okay, now that I know that I can get to seventy five hundred pretty easily throughout the week, maybe I push myself now, where my you know next week my goal will be seventy five hundred every day, and maybe once or twice ten thousand,
1: yeah. Exactly, and that feels good, and that's and I mean, I mean that's sort of a psychological trick right there too. But I gotta say, I, I gotta say again about that Fitbit. I mean, that Fitbit definitely does help with that sort of psychological trick of even when it's not on you, being like, "Oh, I'm going to take a few." It, it it does with me at least. We're just like, "No, I'm going to take a, a few extra steps," or "I'm going to." park over here and get in these extra steps instead of before being like, I need to get, I need to get a space or whatever right in front so it's a, less of a walk. Right. I remember doing, I had to, uh, for one of my classes, I had to go to uh, the Special Collections at MIT, and I did that last week where I parked, you know, a little bit far away so I could, like, walk there. And I, w- I wouldn't have done that before, and that's because the Fitbit has me actually thinking about that now.
0: We did that tonight, actually, when we got home. Oh yeah, we went on a little walk. I mean, it wasn't like a long walk, but it was just something to get a little, get some more steps in. When we went to go look at the progress at, at the community center in our, um, in our apartment complex. I mean, you know, we could have just been like, "Yeah, we'll see it when we drive by tomorrow morning." But we actually walked over there, yeah. and walked around, and and walked back, so that that felt pretty good.
1: Yeah, it actually works out pretty well.
0: So, what was the next myth? Uh,
1: myth number three. Losing a lot of weight fast doesn't keep weight off as well as losing a few pounds slowly. And they say that again, studies have shown that. Lo- Hi, Bob. <laughs> they, again, studies have shown that losing a larger amount of weight fast in the beginning, maybe while you are super motivated, has been associated associated with lower weight in the long term. There is There just isn't any evidence to go slow and steady when it comes to weight loss.
0: How do you feel about that one?
1: I don't know. That's extra weird too. And it's really weird because I mean I can put in my opinion about it but they obviously have the data and the science to actually back them up. And maybe this really is a myth that like if you lose a lot of weight up front while you're motivated it tends to stay off but I, I just thought that wasn't supposed to be the case. I don't know. I'm going to have to do I feel like I have to do more research on this one in particular because I feel like, but also you know what, maybe it's an individual thing maybe for some people slow and, slow and steady is the way to go and for others it, it just works different for them maybe it's a physio- physiological psychological Maybe it's a different combination of things for people. I mean, we always say that our we we've been a big proponent of finding what works for you and and doing that and, right. and what makes you feel good. I mean, maybe that's maybe that's the thing. Yeah, I mean, I, I don't know what the sample size was or anything like that.
0: Yeah, I, I, I'm not quite sure what to make of myth number three because uh, I mean, I, I actually experienced losing a lot of weight quickly. Well, I don't know if it was quickly, but um, but there was a time when I had had dropped. A considerable amount of weight Mm -hmm. and kept it off for a time. But, you know, I put it right back on uh, and more so. So yeah, I'm not sure. I'm not quite sure what to make of of this myth, but it'll be interesting to see if, you know, if you and I continue on the momentum that we we are on right now, um, if, you know, we'll be able to say, at least for our own experience, that slow and steady is what's working for us.
1: Very nice. And you want to Go for I'm giving to the eyebrows. <laughs> <laughs> the myth, uh, myth number four. Sure, hot stuff. Um, well, guess what? I'm gonna, I'm about to put a uh, a damper on some things for some people. But uh, I love how they put this into these these physicians. New England Journal of Medicine are all like, oh, mm-hmm. Anyway, having sex one time burns about as many calories as walking a mile, and it's simply not true. Oh,
0: no. Actually, okay, so here's the real... why it
1: says mine got cut off, but...
0: First of all, it says that an average sexual encounter, which I thought was really interesting because how long would you think... Before I read that and before they gave away the answer, how long did you think the average sexual encounter was?
1: <laughs> uh, five minutes.
0: Really? I thought it was maybe 10 or 15 minutes, but the... Um, but they say that the average sexual encounter lasts six minutes.
1: Oh, huh. well, um, if I was on the price was I would have won.
0: <laughs> you didn't go over. I did not go over. I would have. Yeah, well, actually, then I would have probably said one minute, and yeah. I would have won. And these do- <laughs> no, thats true.
1: These doctors are like, Mm-mm,
0: we, know, <laughs> yeah. we know what's going on out there. Six minutes. You still have to go for that jog. Yeah. <laughs> So, uh, so it says that an average man in his 30s burns just 20 calories. And the New England Journal of Medicine article further explains this is just 14 more calories than just sitting and watching TV. So if you thought that sex would be your daily exercise for the day, you should think again. Nice job, everyone. <laughs> but do it. Yeah.
1: <laughs> I mean, it's no, no reason to try. I mean, it burns some calories, right? Right,
0: exactly. It's better than nothing. Oh. It's still better than watching TV.
1: Yeah. Yeah, I mean it is sure, but TV's <laughs> TV's great too. So um, in
0: this other in this other site that we tracked down to find more myths, I don't think we have to go through all of them, but just a couple mm, of them. That
1: I don't think we have to go through them all, but there is one that I, I definitely, after reading that first article, I want to I want to get into a little bit. Go ahead. Now this is from authoritynutrition.com, dot com, and I looked around, and it seems to be on the up and up. These people seem to come from an evidence based nutrition type of uh, area. And uh, I think they have uh, doctors and stuff on staff, so I'm like, okay, that seems good. Because information literacy is important where you get your information from, particularly in the weight loss game, as all those those other myths say. That's right. Um, But I want to focus particularly on their second myth, because we talked a little bit about this, and I think we sort of bear this out, is that, and they say losing weight, the myth is, I'm sorry, the way they phrase it is weird, but the myth is that losing weight is a linear process. And they say that losing weight is usually not a linear process, like some people think. Some days and weeks you may lose, while during others you may gain a little bit. This is not a cause for concern. It's normal for body to fluctuate up and down by a few pounds. For example, you may be carrying more food in your digestive system, or your body may be holding on to more water than usual. This is even more pronounced in women, as water weight can fluctuate quite a bit during the menstrual cycle. As long as the general trend is going downwards, no matter how much it fluctuates, you will still succeed over the long term. Bottom line: Losing weight can take a long time. The process is generally not completely linear, linear, as weight tends to fluctuate up and down. I find that yeah, I find that to be the most true. Sort of goes along with what we we're talking about with uh, with the other article.
0: Yeah, and then um, some of the other myths. Um... Is uh, supplements can help you lose weight, and I think, you know, sorry if you're a supplement taker, but I do think that they're bullshit. Oh, damn, <laughs> that's real. Maybe, maybe you know, there, there's some supplements that you take, like as you get older, you know, to help with, um, with bone density and things like that. But um, some of these other supplements, I, I don't know. I, I feel like a little bit of a placebo effect going on.
1: Well, that's what they. That's what they. That's exactly what they say in the article. Yeah. But I also will go along with. Uh, uh, the other myth is that weight loss diets actually work. And it's the same sort of thing propagated by... There's an industry behind weight loss, obviously. And they weight want you to believe that...
0: Diet- Jenny Craig... Adkins. Adkins. They want you
1: to believe that these diets work. And, uh, however, studies show that dieting almost never works in the long term... of people end up gaining the weight back within a year. Additionally, studies show that people who go on a diet are actually the ones most likely to gain weight in the future. In reality, dieting is a consistent predictor of future weight gain, not loss. The truth is that you probably shouldn't approach weight loss with a dieting mindset. Instead, make it a goal to change your lifestyle and become a healthier, happier, fitter person. Was there Radiohead? Yeah. Bigger, wait, bigger, stronger... Bigger, faster, more productive. Ugh, I'm messing it up. You don't remember? Nope. The other one, too, that I wanted to point out, number nine, fast food is not always fattening.
0: Ah, yes. They say that, uh, and I think we've we've found that uh, a lot of fast food restaurants are now offering healthier options. Whether or not they taste good is a whole nother topic, but, <laughs> but, they're, but they're available now. Totally. And you can customize just about anything nowadays, so... You know, so that you can take off the ingredients that make it more, gives it more calories or makes it a higher fat content.
1: Exactly. Um, A little mix and match is okay.
0: Point number 11, people with obesity are unhealthy. Thin people are healthy. Yes. I think we talked about that quite a bit, especially, you know, when earlier this year when you and I had gone to the doctors and and had our our vitals read and Mm -hmm. recorded and, and we discovered that we, you know, we were actually on a far Better path than we were when we were um, when we first started this whole journey
1: I think it's easier for I think it's easy for people to look in terms of black and white and I think what we're doing and what we're talking about proves the fact that this is a little simplistic too but everything, isn't as isn't as simple as that. Mm-hmm. There's plenty of people with, who are obese, who are, as they say, metabolically healthy, and plenty of thin people who have the same chronic diseases. It seems to matter when the fat builds up. If you have a lot of fat in the abdominal area around the organs, then this type of fat is much more strongly associated with metabolic disease. Mm-hmm. But... I mean, that's the thing. I mean, I, we talk about it a lot as far as body as as far as body type goes, and it's let's just say it's just not as simple as it's not as simple and black and white as skinny is good and and bigger is bad. Okay, there you go.
0: Eating breakfast is necessary to lose weight. I thought that was kind of interesting. I thought that I've I feel like we've all sort of accepted that as. Fact. Yeah, that's actually. I was reading this one,
1: and that was one of the ones that I actually found surprising. Everything else was sort of like, "Oh, I get that," but this is one of the more surprising ones because I feel like I've heard that all the time.
0: I feel like that's been drilled into our into our heads um, that people who have experienced success losing weight and people who you know have healthier lifestyles eat breakfast.
1: Yeah. But apparently there's been studies done that totally, I guess one of the other myths is that breakfast supposedly boosts your metabolism, but that's a myth, and that eating multiple smaller meals makes you burn more calories throughout the day, and that's also a myth. Um, but that breakfast one is really, a, is really a kick. We've heard that for so long that skipping breakfast is, is the big problem, but but apparently it's not.
0: Well, I, I mean, I, I can speak... You know, to my own personal experience, that yeah, sure. Um, if I don't eat breakfast, I'm I'm um, I'm far more ravenous at lunchtime. Yeah. Um, and I do tend to you know eat more, which is why I'm kind of surprised, and I kind of feel like that's a universal experience. Yeah. Like maybe I'm wrong, but I don't know. That that one was interesting, and I, I would I I would actually like to dig into that more, maybe in a future episode. Why is eating breakfast not necessary to lose weight? We should
1: make. We should make a list of all these things. Yeah. <laughs> we keep coming up with things for future episodes. But yeah, they say that this myth was recently tested in a controlled trial, the largest of its kind. This was a study of 309 men and women that compared recommendations to either eat or skip breakfast. And they found that no effect at, there was no effect after a four-month study period. It didn't matter whether people ate or skipped breakfast, uh, neither had an effect on their weight. Interesting. Which is Interesting. That's one in particular that's been drilled in, like, forever. Oh, yeah. Like, that's one of those things from, like, that's like a mom science thing that's been that's been drilled in. And I guess I could go along with you where the only thing I can say is that at least having breakfast will keep me from, like, going, like, crazy at lunch.
0: It, it also keeps me from, or it keeps me a little more focused.
1: That's, yeah.
0: Because when I'm starting to get really hungry like that, it's all that I can think of, and I can't think of anything else, and I can't focus at work. Um, but yeah, like I I feel like when we were kids, you know, you're, you know, our moms were forcing us to eat, you know, sugar smacks or cocoa puffs. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, that, that's actually kind of funny. Do parents still, or do kids still eat cold cereal for breakfast like we did when we were kids? i you know, this is unfortunately one of those areas that you and I know nothing about. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I, I feel like. Uh, cereal is such I ch- loved it oh and yeah I did too but it's such junk <laughs> yeah it's but, such junk but is it one of those things kind of like canned ham that <laughs> uh, or jello molds or, or you know what's ambrosia what? <laughs> <laughs> ambrosia oh my goodness it's
1: just gone by the wayside so I mean all I can go by is like going to the grocery store and seeing that it still exists so I'm sh- someone has to be eating it
0: but it, it, I I don't know I I kind of wonder how many families out there make sure that their kids sit down and eat Captain Crunch before they go out the <laughs> door. <laughs> I feel like Captain Crunch for you and I as adults is like such a such a treat.
1: Yo, it's such a treat. Yeah, and I used to eat that every day. Me too. Peanut butter crunch. Pe- Captain Crunch. Oh my gosh. Yeah.
0: Uh you know I just remembered another <laughs> another uh, old food is like a Jello mold with um Ugh. with fruit cans of fruit cocktail in it. Ugh. Do you ever have that? No, my I hate mom, Jello. No, no, no. I know, but did your mom ever make that?
1: No, or, my mom didn't make a lot of. It's probably because of me, but my mom, I don't remember my mom making a lot of Jello molds.
0: No, I, that was like a real thing. Well, one in in grade school in Hawaii in our in our lunch, like twice a week at least. Yeah, that was like our dessert was Jello with fruit cocktail inside. Yeah. <laughs> Do you have that in your school lunch? Yeah.
1: Okay. It was, it was definitely a school lunch thing.
0: Oh my gosh! That's but just... I
1: not not in the regular. Oh, it's so awful.
0: Like, do kids still eat Jello? I bet they do. Yeah.
1: People with kids, let us know. Do they still eat? <laughs> but they probably moms aren't going to admit that though. They're not going to admit that they let their kids eat eat that crap. That we used to eat all the time. Um, On special occasions,
0: maybe. Well, you know, it stands to reason that it that moms nowadays must still feed their kids cereal because you go down the cereal aisle and it's like it's like a whole aisle filled with cereal choices.
1: That's what I'm talking about. Yeah, I mean, it's all it all still exists, so someone has to be eating it. Yeah, but
0: maybe it's just like college donors.
1: It's weird because <laughs> yeah, we consider ourselves so much more "quote unquote" informed, but I mean that that stuff is it's still. I assume the breakfast cereal industry is still pretty huge.
0: It must be. It must be. Although I do see more um, m- more um, moms with like um, puffins. Yeah. Or or Mus- or not muslicks, but um, kashi. Yep. Didn't we just recently learn that kashi was actually owned by like some big multinational? I mean, I don't know why that that should either come as a surprise or or why that's necessarily a bad thing, but I remember when you and I found out, we're like, you've got to be kidding me. (laughs) It's owned by Kellogg's. Yeah, it's owned by Kellogg. Kellogg's is the parent company of Kashi. Because it's one of those things where they try
1: to market themselves as like, oh, we're, you know, it's it's like how big beer distributors buy up craft beer and still try to market themselves as like an independent, but they're still everyone's owned by some big corporation
0: it's shocking how, it is. how how many of our day-to-day products are owned by um these big um these big by multinationals like, totally
1: by like three of them yeah yeah but anyway well we could talk about cereal all uh, all day oh
0: i love talking about I cereal. Love cereal i'm not gonna <laughs>
1: lie it's great the only place that and one of people that has it on the regular anymore is when we go visit my parents so I might sneak oh. a little like Lucky Charms or something They keep Lucky Charms around. Just a kid, they say it's for grandkids. But the grandkids. They still eat cereal. Do the
0: grandkids even eat Lucky Charms?
1: The littler ones, maybe. Yeah. I don't know. I, this is a mystery, and I hope none of my family listens to this because it'll be like you haven't, you don't pay attention to anything.
0: <laughs> What's your favorite cereal? What's your number one favorite? Hands down, nothing compares.
1: Oh, pe- oh, nothing. Uh, any anything in the Captain Crunch family.
0: Oh man, that was gonna be my answer. Oh really? Yeah. Captain... Either
1: that or peanut or the Reese's peanut butter puffs. Ooh, those
0: are good. Those are good. But yeah, I'm with you. Captain Crunch all day. Yeah. Captain Crunch is the best. Either with the berries or the peanut butter or, or the
1: all berries.
0: Oh, they have an all berry. Yeah, now? and it's the
1: uh, oops. The oops all berries. It's
0: <laughs> <That's> incredible.
1: <laughs> it is. We would be we would be dead.
0: You know what comes in a close second for me? What? Cinnamon Toast Crunch.
1: Oh, Cinnamon Toast Crunch is so good. So is uh, Golden Grams. Uh, that's a big one for me.
0: Honorable mention for you. Yeah,
1: totally. Mm-hmm. Oh, Cinnamon Toast Crunch is really good. But yeah, I got to stick with uh, the the ones in the Captain Crunch family.
0: You know what's a weird bronze medal for me? Where what? You would think that I would go for like another sugary cereal, but man, I just love the. This should probably come as no surprise to you at all. Um, is uh, Rice Krispies.
1: Oh yeah! Oh yeah! That's definitely that's definitely up there. Uh, I,
0: there's nothing special to them. They're just you know crispity crunchity when you.
1: I don't know. Anyway. No, no, no. They, there's nothing. Yeah, I would say that's a solid bronze medal for me, too. It's good. There was one you used to buy. I forget what it is. Was it Rice Krispies? There there was a cereal that for a while you got in the habit of buying, but it was a while ago.
0: Yeah, I, I kind of feel like we had to stop buying cereal. We did. Um, cereal <laughs> because it doesn't last long. It's like we'd buy a box of cereal and it'd be gone like in two days. We'd just eat it. we just eat it all the time. So, nope.
1: Nope. Well, Enough about it's... the uh, This Is Cereal podcast. <laughs> Do you wanna you wanna get into the weight? Let's do
0: it. Baby, I, I All right, we're back. And uh, and how'd you do this week? Well actually how much did you weigh last week and how'd you do this week?
1: I weighed three thirty seven last week and this week I weigh three thirty three. So wow. I'm on a downward downward spiral. So trend, not a downward spiral.
0: So you've lost nine pounds in the last couple of weeks, huh?
1: Yeah. Yeah, I guess, I guess, oh, how, yeah, I guess I have.
0: Because you lost five pounds the week before and mm-hmm. four pounds this week, so... Yeah. That's nine pounds in two weeks. Wow.
1: Oof, well, I hope I can, hope I can keep it up.
0: Wow, have I, have I been starving you? Have I not been, like, cooking dinners or...
1: <laughs> no, I think it's because, like, I... Yeah, I don't know. I think I've just been—I never can explain these things, but I think I have been like walking a little more, and I think I haven't maybe watching my portions or something. I don't know.
0: Well, that's great. This week, I or last week, I weighed in at two eighty-five. And this week I weighed in at two eighty six, so a gain of one pound and might over,
1: that be water weight? Could
0: be. It could also be the pizza and arancini balls that were the size of our fist that we had <laughs> last night for dinner. Yeah, it wasn't the uh <laughs> Well to be fair, we just moved to we just moved to this new area and we're exploring all the new restaurants and uh, and shops and whatnot and and there and there is this bakery that's famous around um, around these parts. It's this Italian bakery called Montilio's, and uh, and we we've gone there for baked goods, but we realized that they also sell savory food. So we <laughs> actually we well, actually we messed up yesterday badly because we were just going to. It's stop my
1: fault. From- it was totally my fault. We went in there because we were just looking for bread, and you were going to make this soup last night, and we went in there and we were just looking for bread. And at first we couldn't find it. Yeah, we ended up getting we ended up getting a little sweet treat.
0: You know they 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 did this so well. So they you know they're famous for their um, their cakes and cookies and and sweet treats. But right as soon as you walk in in the deli counter, there's the Ugh. there's arancini balls and, yeah. and lasagna and uh, and meatballs. Mm-hmm. And, so it's all their you know Italian savory food. So of course we were like, well. We have to try their arancini, and ooh, they have pizza already made.
1: It was my fault. I was just like, oh, you know what? Instead of like making soup, we can just like grab a couple slices here, <laughs> get a buffalo chicken arancini.
0: Oh my gosh! It was delicious, but Ugh, yeah, it was,
1: it was. It was. It probably would have done better for us to have the soup. But tonight's the night. It's uh, it's nice and cool. It's definitely a soup night. So yeah. Looking looking, looking forward to trying it. Yeah, exactly. All right. Are well, you looking forward to it? Yes,
0: I am. Yeah, soup night. Soup night. <laughs> soup date. Soup date. All We're right. We're going to
1: start up our soup group. Okay.
0: <laughs> <laughs> all right, everyone. I hope you guys all have a great week. Uh, remember to follow us on Twitter at, at The Weight Pod or like us on Facebook. Should we just stop telling people to follow us on Twitter? Yeah, probably because it's
1: yeah eventually just like we'll eventually get a second mic we'll uh eventually have our instagram up and that'll replace any any twitter yeah but do uh i'm sorry
0: like us on facebook at facebook.com backslash the weight or drop us a line at the weight podcast at gmail.com
1: all right we hope everyone has a great week thanks so much for listening
0: all right we'll see you next week on the weight
1: bye
0: bye
1: better happier more productive one day I roll up, I'll be like, whatever kid, I'm fitter, happier, more productive. Fitter, happier, more productive. Until then, I lay home and bump this loveless. Yeah, that's my bloody Valentine. Forty Cracker, don't call it my bloody Valentine. Call it my bloody country club. Hindu thuggy, come for blood. Won't stop yelling till I'm comfortable.